Oh, hey boys, long time no talk. How goes it? Pretty miserable. Well, it would be better, Andy, and if if things were better, but they aren't, and therefore it's bad. It's all bad. This is true. This is uh, a rather somber episode of Boys Will Be Boys. I'm hoping that this we will look back on this episode uh, as the the trough of this season, the the darkest hour of this uh, 2021 season. Uh, this is Boys Will Be Boys. I'm Andy Catelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. We are coming to you uh, on Tuesday, November 30th, one day after the birthday of our beloved co-host, Benjamin Walker. Happy birthday, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And uh, But a couple days after the Thanksgiving heartbreaker loss by your Dallas Cowboys to the Las Vegas Raiders, um, I'm sure for our uh, loyal listeners, the timing of this episode is strange, given that you didn't get our episode last week on time. That's on me. Uh, I got done recording last Tuesday in the wake of the loss to Kansas City. Uh, I sat down to edit everything and then didn't finish in time. We got up the next day on Wednesday to a drive to Dallas for Thanksgiving uh, with every intent to finish that edit. When I got there, got into family stuff, and then we lost to the Raiders, and it just put a cloud of depression over me. And so I just didn't even want to be involved with cowboy things for like 24 hours. And so you're getting two episodes at the same time, one of which is us uh, kind of optimistically looking towards the, the Raiders game. Uh, and now you're getting the aftermath of that. So the, the Cowboys do fall 36-33 to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, I guess, boys, just right off the bat, what are your what are your initial thoughts on this game? Because it's a strange one. First of all, I, when you listen to the the first part, the other one first, if you do, I was I was not optimistic. I I said it would be a low scoring shit game, so I was actually very wrong. It was a high scoring shit game. But it was a shit game, and unfortunately, um, we made the Raiders' offense and Derek Carr look like Patrick Mahomes. So it is what it is. Um, it was bad. I mean, it was it was one of those we went down early. We've seen that happen to this team a few times, and it just took too long for us to ever get in the game. Even when we got in the game, I just never had a good feel at all at any point in this game that they were going to pull it out. It just – between the penalties, which made it borderline unwatchable, I mean, it was like a five-hour game because of all the delays. Uh, it was infuriating, and and just yep. the inconsistent play. It was it was it was probably the the worst game of the season. The Broncos game was more watchable than this one. I would disagree with that. The Broncos game was much much worse than this one. We had this a shot. Was a bad this game. One. Yeah, but. There was never really – there was always the hope for this game. The Broncos game, there was no excuses. This game – I agree, but the time that we lost to the Broncos, we were at least like 6-1, and and so it just felt like an aberration. Losing for the third time in a month, the second time in four days, it felt – I don't know. It felt much more miserable to me. Oh, the loss was much, much worse. But the game yeah. experience for me was much better. 
I'll tell you this. There's many. Well, I, I could, my fiance's I could family, the finger at and they wanted different... to. Uh... You were saying, Ben? Oh, sorry, boys. I uh, sorry, our listeners. My uh, my internet's been shitty all week, and it. I just had like thirty minutes of silence before you asked me whatever, but. Uh... Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know where I was at, but I was, I was saying I was in the middle of watching this with my fiance's family. Um, and I got over there and they started eating right at the end of like the third quarter. And there was no TV in the area where I was eating. They do Thanksgiving dinner. And so I was, I was trying to be good. I was trying not to pay any attention. But the fourth quarter was like pure fireworks and nos and adrenaline and i was like holy shit holy shit watching game cast luckily one of her cousins was also a degenerate um and he he, he pulled out youtube tv and so he had nice. it up so i was able to at least sneak sneak watch the end of the game and then sped through eating to catch uh to catch overtime but uh you know so i missed little plays here and there i didn't get to see all of it i was trying to compose myself around my uh fiance's extended family you know didn't want to get myself in too much hot water uh, but yeah, that was, that was basically my experience. That's all I was saying. It was, uh, it was an odd one for sure to, to, to sneak one in and, and try and hide emotions. But, uh, I was trying not to, to ever get too, too hopeful to, to speak to Zach's point. Zach felt hopeful. I, I never really did in this one. It just, it, all the penalties, all the bullshit. It just, ugh, it was ugly. The penalties were really rough. I mean, I, I feel like I'm a pretty big cliche at this point. I always bitch about penalties, but like. It it <laughs> bugs me to no end the selective nature of penalty calling in the NFL. And like Ben, you and I talked about this earlier this week. Like on the last drive of regulation, like Schultz very clearly got held and they didn't call they didn't throw a flag. And I was okay with that. I was like, hey, it's the end of the game. Swallow your whistle. Like you don't want a penalty to decide the game. I respect that. And then as soon as the Raiders get the ball in overtime and Micah Parsons effectively wins the game with a third down sack, they throw a flag on a zero contact face guarding PI that gets them like 70 yards. And that wins the game for the Raiders. And I just was like, I mean, I, uh, and I'll say this. I know Anthony Brown isn't the greatest cornerback in the history of time. I, I know that. I do not think Anthony Brown went from a style of play where he gets maybe like one bad penalty every couple games to four in the same game in the course of four so he, days. He's been flagged, I think I read seven times this year now, and six are by this officiating crew, two against Tampa, the same and guys. four in this one. Yeah, the yeah, same crew like, did the Tampa game. So, and again, dude, it was ugly. The, and I can't even, game. I, like, you, the, the, that call won them the game. Like, they had lost themselves the game via merit. And the penalty won them the game. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I would have taken it too. I wouldn't turn down a win that's handed to me. But there were multiple penalties in this game where even the the announcers, not just Romo, but Jim Nance too, was like, I can't really see what they're seeing there. I don't know. I turned on football on Sunday hoping to just, like, have a stress-free watch. And in the first game I turned on, they're like, they call a flag on the face guard. And they're like, yeah, we had one of those in the Cowboys game that pretty much decided the game, and it wasn't even that bad. I mean, some of these calls are pretty questionable, and I was like, great, bring it back up. So they do get 14 penalties for 166 yards. That's effectively the difference in the game. Despite all of that, the Cowboys still win this game if 
Greg Zerline doesn't suck ass. So this is two games in a row, not in a row, two games this season, half your losses, that I think you can absolutely say Greg Zerline at the very least played an incredibly prominent role in losing you the game. Now, I'm not saying like they scored 36 points because of Greg Zerline, but this game doesn't go to overtime if Greg Zerline hits an extra point. It's 34-33, and that's fucking game. The Cowboys limp home with a a W over a mediocre team. So it's very frustrating. Right now, Zerline is the difference between us having to at least kind of consider the idea of not making the playoffs and us being a one seed. Yeah. He is. Yeah, he definitely yeah. cost you. He definitely cost you the game against Tampa. Um, this one, this one's weird because he missed the extra point, and then they go for two and don't get it later. But then they do go and get it, and they probably don't. I don't know. It's weird. They probably don't go for that. It'd be weird to see how it all played out because his missed extra point was on the first score, but he it definitely like <laughs> he missed. Yes, one. but. The, I know, but the field goal's on McCarthy. The fact that he trotted that out, the fact that he trotted Greg out from 59 fucking yards when your defense hasn't done, that was the worst decision McCarthy might have made in a here's, long time. Here's my, here's my 59 yards Greg's down by 11 points. Now, I'm not even defending Greg. That was just an awful, Greg's, awful, Greg's awful Zerline, decision. Greg Zerline is the only player on this team that is unaccountable. Every other player on this team We've seen it with like the whole Lyle Collins thing with Terrence Steele, all these other positions. Like your your job isn't safe. We're going back to the Bill Parcells, Jimmy Johnson thing. Like we will take your job if you don't perform. But because Greg Zerline is Bones Fuzzle's dude, this guy can effectively suck. And there's not even a peep about someone else. Like they they're not bringing in competition. They're not talking about considering anyone else. They just trot him back out there and say, no, well, he's our guy. We're riding with him. I think that's insane yeah. now that he, he's responsible for half your losses. That other kicker was pretty decent in his one go of it, you know? He didn't miss any extra points, which is better than Greg can say. Well, what Greg I was reading is... about him, I forgot what team he played before us, but it was one of them where he was competing for the uh, starting role. And all the news came out were saying that he didn't get it due to the fact that the other kicker went to the same alma mater as the coach. Yeah, like, it seems like just it's a political thing with him. Like he's not an he's not one of the good old boys. He's not an established guy in the NFL. His first NFL kick was an extra point for us. Dude, I'm I'm down to let that guy kick until he misses. Because Greg, I, I know what I have with Greg, and it ain't great. Like Greg is still cashing checks off the Greg the leg karma that he built up as the Rams kicker when he was lights out. He's not that anymore. The dude misses extra points. I get it. Like Ben said, if you go out there and you miss 59 yarders, those are coin flips. I totally understand. In a game that went to overtime, an extra point is the difference. And in against Tampa, he lost you the game too. Now I'm not saying there's no mm-hmm. one else to blame because plenty of people played like shit, but in a, in a league where, the a win and a loss means more than probably any other sport. A game decided by three points in overtime, like, dude, you're missing two kicks. That's I can't imagine. I can't believe that there's no discussion. It feels like how McCarthy was last year with the D, the defensive coordinator, Nolan. Like, 
it feels like Jerry needs to go to him and be like, this isn't a suggestion. Well, Jerry's the, the one who situation. Jerry went on the radio and like gave glowing praise of Greg, the leg. So I wonder, it's always that weird dynamic in Dallas. I just wonder how much final say Jerry has like every now and then McCarthy or the coaches will kind of tease something. And then Jerry will either come all the way out and say it on the radio or completely discredit whatever they said. <laughs> And well, it's, I don't it's know, maybe he's Jerry Fossil's guy. Like Greg is Fossil's guy. And it's weird because Fossil's special teams outside of kicking have played really well recently. They've gotten blocked kicks. They had the kickoff return for a touchdown this week. Like special teams is outside of the kicking game has become an advantage of this team over the last couple of weeks. But the kicking game is probably the most key element of you know, so it's almost like the Connor Williams of foot of, of this particular piece of the game where it's just like he seems to do some things well enough to not get immediately cut. But another thing area, he is horrendous. It's very frustrating. I don't disagree. I'm, I'm fine with him going. You know, I really didn't think we'd spend much pod time on Greg, but that I, it doesn't bother me. I mean, he. He's he's clearly been bad for a while, you know. I don't know how they what they do because Maher before him was bad. I mean, really, since they didn't have Bailey, there's like five good kickers in the NFL that are reliable, reliable, and then maybe another handful that are except from extra point distance, dude. I think there's more than five that are reliable from extra point distance that don't miss like five extra points in a season. Yeah, that's fair. I I I. It happens every week across the NFL. He's definitely got to be up there. I would love to look at kicking data, but I, I, I imagine, I imagine there's there's multiple culprits. I mean, there's a lot of bad kickers in the NFL. That's my point. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And this year particularly has been like a extremely tough one for NFL kickers. Greg Zerline is the 28th ranked kicker in extra points. Okay. Yeah. So he's pretty bad. <laughs> I mean, he's bad, bad. And overall, he is, let's see here, 24th overall in percentage overall. He's 80% across the board. So, yeah, there are guys below him, but they're really bad. And a lot of them are not full-time kickers. They've gotten – I mean, some of these guys have played like six games, five games, eight games. Of full-time kickers, there are only three guys worse than him, one of whom is surprisingly Mason Crosby. So, Well, he missed like know. six kicks in one game. It's tough yeah. to find. That's all I'm saying. I mean, if they want to go out and look for one, I'm down for it. I, 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 I'm I just down to, to let him, that I mean, other dude do it. At least uh, competition it. Make it a comp. Maybe that'll bring the, some some better play out of Greg or something. But like, to just accept that we're gonna lose, you know, one of every six games because Greg can't make a extra point seems like an insane way to play the play the game. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't disagree. Um... You know, there was a lot of bad in this one. Uh, you know, this offense, 
to begin this game was it looked very 2018-ish. You know, Andy, we were talking pre-Amari trade. Very much kind of what I thought the under would hit in this one, even though the, the scoring got outrageous in the second half. Uh, they did score a touchdown on their second drive, which was nice, and I thought they'd march down the field, but they went three and out, touchdown, three and out, four and out. So it was a bad start to this game, and your defense really didn't do much until... I don't know. The defense was weird in this one, too. I, it was hard to really find any rhythm in this game. Like I said, the penalties made this game so terrible to follow, but they fell down early. The, the Derek Carr just absolutely... I mean, did this team heading into this was like 2 of 16? I'm talking about the Raiders. 2 of 16 on their yeah. last infinite third downs, or 2 of 16 in the last two games on third downs, and they gashed us on third down. Fuck, Anthony Brown had four third down penalties himself. We kind of talked about. I that's, mean, he see, just that's, could that's, not get what, off That's the one field. of my issues. It's almost impossible for me to tell who was actually good because the Raiders literally on every third down could just chunk the ball in the general direction of Anthony Brown and just get a flag. I mean, you look at all these, even on offense, our drives, like the first three and out, they get a we get a false start. Okay, that's definitely a penalty. The second, the four and out, they get they get a penalty on Biotish, which this is the one where they showed the slow mo replay like five times. There's no holding on this play, so I don't know if the refs were looking at someone else and they just called Biotish's number, but there's no penalty there. So again, they just killed our drive there. Then we get the missed field goal, which I, I agree with you, very bad decision. Then they score a touchdown on the next one. So like. Two of those three bad drives have a penalty on them. And on defense, we are getting them into third and long situations, but they literally have a free out half the time. They literally just get to chunk it in the general direction of the sideline. And even if it's an uncatchable ball, or there's no contact. We're getting a PI every single time. It's. I, I don't know how you how you beat that, because it, eventually it becomes psychological. Like eventually your defense is like, what do I do? If the way that I have learned to play defense is in fact illegal, how do I, you get, and and of course the answer is you get soft. Everyone gets soft and then you start giving up plays. So I don't know what they were supposed to do. I really don't. I mean, honestly, bravo to them for pretty much having to play against the Raiders and the reps and still getting into overtime and putting up 33 points. Like, because I don't know how you beat a team that pretty much gets a bailout. They get a get out of jail free card on half the third downs in the game to get four free third and long completions automatically with zero actual play completed is you, you should win. You should win. If you do that, I but will. It was I, over I half say, their third downs. Yeah. I will say the Raiders had 14 penalties for one ten of their own. It wasn't. Yes. It was. A okay. Ugly I, game, I had this, I had this same argument. With, I had this same argument with the, my Raiders friend, fan friend. The the Cowboys got penalties on like the game winning play of the entire game, and the Raiders would get like a holding penalty on second and two, and so it'd be like, okay, cool, we're going to second and twelve. You compare the context of these penalties, and it's not even close. The Cowboys got fucked in way, yeah, way, I'm way, just, way worse situations. I'm just so not ref guy. I just, I'm just, I'm just not ref guy usually. That's okay, just, I'm. Just, I mean. It, that's fine. I'm just telling you if this if this exact same class of refing is is given to us every game, 
we will not make the playoffs. We will not win five more games this year. We won't win four more games this year. Like, you can't win. You can't win against that. You cannot win when the other team is allowed to do that. It is not possible to win. When they can just call you for holding when there's no holding. I mean, show me. Someone show me the holding. Show it to me. I, I would love to see the replay. I would love to see how you're supposed to beat a team when they can just half their third down conversions are for free and they're 50 yards long. Like, it's incredibly frustrating. I hate it. You know, it's weird as I actually look. Their third downs were 3 of 13. It is <laughs> on actual non-penalty played. So, yeah, we were 3 yeah, of exactly as well. Like- they were they were exactly in line well. with their performance for the entire season, except for the fact that they had some extra players on the field in different color uniforms, giving them free fucking PI calls. Like, of course, again, on the game-winning drive at the end of the game, when Schultz gets blatantly hold, held, then it's time to swallow the whistle. Then it's let him play. Then you can't decide the game on a call. But once the Raiders get the ball back, and I'm not, this isn't a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying these guys picked a team. I'm just saying it was shitty. Like they just did a shitty job. And yeah, it happened I mean, that, that we that got was... the much shittier version of this. We got calls, we got bad calls. I'm not saying they didn't get bad calls. They did. They just got lucky that their bad calls happened to be in totally meaningless positions. And ours were in the most crucial points of the entire game. Every single big moment was highlighted by a backbreaking penalty that ruined it for us. Like, it, it was hard to watch. Like when I was sitting there at Thanksgiving watching this, it was really tough to watch. It was just like we, it did feel like we were not allowed to compete. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go I mean, quite that far, but I do agree with you. I, th- it was bad. I mean, it was awful. It's just, I don't know. We, we, I hear what you're saying, but we also gave up 87 yards to, Josh Jacobs, 360-something. We gave it 500 yards of offense. I mean, it was a bad defensive performance even without the penalties. Like, yeah, yes, it was of too course. much to overcome. Again. It was too much to overcome. I just – I don't know. They they were, okay, we were bad. We were I'm bad. not saying we weren't – I'm not saying we weren't bad, Ben, but, like, what I am saying is that when you get a, when you get an opponent into third and long, then they get a free conversion. All the yards that come after that are bullshit. And what it does psychologically and physically to your defense when they're kept on the field, despite them not doing in, them doing their job over and over again, is insane. Like, what is it going to do to the psychology and physical makeup of the defense when Micah Parsons blows them up to win the game on a sack, and then they're just like, nah, the Raiders are going to win this shit. So zero contact face guarding penalty to win <laughs> the game for the other team because he didn't turn his head. So that should decide the game. Okay, cool. Like, yeah, I mean, we gave up a shitload of yards, but I would love to know the percentage of those yards that came after they were given a free third and long conversion. Like, 60%? Like, again, I just don't know what, I don't know what we could have done. Like, yeah, we could have overcome this, I guess. I'm willing to bet that any team ref like this loses in 75% of their contests. And again, I'm not saying the refs did this on purpose. It's not a fix. It's not a tinfoil hat thing. I'm saying these refs did a horrible fucking job, and they happened to ref our half of the equation significantly fucking worse than the other team. That's fair. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna have their opinion on it. It was bad. It was bad across the board. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree that it was poorly officiated. It just 
they they were the more concerning aspect of it to me was how poorly Dallas played as a seven point home favorite on Thanksgiving after looking anemic in Kansas City. That's the much more concerning go of it to me long term. Yeah, I, they. I, I'm not saying they played great, but tough, <laughs> tough to get your leg chopped off and then be asked to run the hundred meter dash. And when you score 33 points and lose, and the other team gets half their offense from penalties, I don't know if I can really shit on you too hard. I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know. They, uh, it's just they, they didn't play well enough to win. I mean, bottom line, we were bad in this game. Did penalties kill us? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, who looking at this, and, and I'm being honest here, like who who played great? Because we even talked about this before we came on the pod, like Dak's end of numbers, and I'll throw this to Zach too because I haven't talked to Zach. Dak's end of numbers, they look really good. Over 300 yards, two TDs, no picks. You would say, man, Dak played great. But I do feel like watching that game and the entirety of that game, there were multiple times where I was like, ooh, man, Dak, ooh, Dak missed that. Like he got it. He, he found it at certain points. The only drive I ever felt like he ever got comfortable was was the big one that he got to to tie it up with two something left. So I don't know, Zach. What did what did you see from from him and, and in general? About the final three minutes, Dak was looking good. Everything before then, it looked like last game. He That's kind of what trouble. I thought. Yeah, he threw it off. I was actually shocked when I also looked at the stats and saw just how many yards he actually made. I was shocked to see that we had 200-yard receivers in that game. It didn't feel like it. I mean, he scored <laughs> two touchdowns in the first half. Like, I don't I, can, I don't know how you compare this to last game where they scored nine points and zero touchdowns. Like, they're on, well, like pa- said, they're on I mean, pace they just for looked, 30 the whole game. They just looked out of out of rhythm at any points. I mean, they like I said, they went three and out in three of their first four. I mean, I don't know. If you if you thought they looked really good, that's different. Than, I didn't, I'm not saying they looked really good, earlier. but like I'm not saying they looked really good. I'm saying that I would not take a first half where they score a touchdown at they go three and out on the first one, they score a touchdown, then they go three and out, then they get fucked on a penalty, miss a field goal and score a touchdown. I mean, three of those drives you're in you're you're in scoring position. One, you get stabbed in the in the neck. Like, I can't. It's the NFL. Like, and especially missing your your top two receivers. Like, for Dak to put a, two touchdowns in the first half and get two guys over a hundred. Like, I'm not going to sit here and I, say I, he that's what I'm super saying. terrible. I didn't say terrible. I just didn't think he was. It never felt like he was humming. That's the whole point. It never really felt I, like. I'll tell you this. At the end of the I game, think, at if, the end of the I game, I thought if, he was. I think that if Dak, yeah, and then in overtime, throw it. If if Dak had been able to just chuck any piece of shit duck towards the sideline and get a free fifty yards, I bet Dak would have looked awesome. <laughs> I mean, he said at the end of the game he should have challenged them deep the way that they were calling it. Yeah, so. well, Dak's it's Dak, dude. Dak's not going to get up there and be like, "We got fucked." That's my job. Why not? Well, I mean, he, but that's his point. Like he said. He's agreeing. My point is, he's agreeing with. He said he should have thrown it deeper because of the flags that they were getting. So, um, I, I mean, he wasn't bad. He just, you know, it, it was what it was. With no, he's definitely improved no, from last game. Yeah, like and this, but, but it, this it, also, like I said, this is a bad Raiders team. Um, I don't know. I, I, thirty three feels like 
and this is how I felt the whole way, and even to the point of Dak's numbers, it just really never felt like our offense looked that good. We didn't run the ball very well. I mean, shit, 37 of those points were a kick return touchdown. So, I mean, that's not really the offense doing shit there. So they were fine. They just, I don't know, they, they weren't they weren't great. That's my point. And the defense was flat out between either penalties or just, I mean, this is a Raiders team that hasn't put up 20 in a month, and they hung 36 yeah, it, on it, it, I, even I, with. Again, I'm not saying the defense played great. I'm saying it's hard for me to get a real beat on how the defense was because I think they yeah. did get in. I think they did get a bunch of stops that were taken from them. And I think that if you took just about any defense and did this to them, I don't think anyone shows up well. I mean, yeah, it's, t- it's tough. I mean, again, like I'm not saying I'm not defending their, their play. I'm saying that like, it's the data is skewed by the fact that I don't think they got a fair shake of this. And the Raiders could probably make the same, the same case that they were, you know, given a ton of horrible flags and we just happened to get the last horrible flag and that's why we won the game. But I don't know, man. It's tough for me to like really get a, a good read on how the offense is when it's missing its top two receiving threats, puts up 33 points and gets screwed on half its drives and the D and is kept off the field by the fact that the defense is getting completely just barnyarded by these hilarious PI penalties. That's very difficult for me to give a good analysis on what this means for next week or five weeks from now, like if they go out Thursday night and kill new Orleans, it's going to be tough for me to relate these two games together because it will seem like these are completely unrelated data points played on two completely different circumstances. Yeah, I I get that point of view. I, you know, my, my beat on it is that they just uh, it was it was deflating as hell coming off of KC the way they played the, the the thoughts that we have on this team and I threw out in group chat like they they may get all their guys back and they may be a really good team fully healthy they may be what we thought they were I just this whole notion early in the year that this team's different and this team's special it's I, I don't know I've, I've lost I've lost that feeling for them completely sure. after I mean after November after, so after that's all- that's. After all the that's the main takeaway and, and I get this, from that. like that's t- it would be tough to it would be tough to hold that opinion given what's happened. I mean, just injuries alone. Yeah. So where I mean, you so where are your opinions your on offense. this? I mean, is, does anyone feel different? D- does anyone feel I, I, differently I, I, on this pod? Like, is anyone still super high on them? I think you put it well the other week when you said that their ceiling's still the same, but that their floor is different now. Like. I think that at full strength, when they're playing well, they're capable of beating anyone. I think they are one of the most talented, if not the most talented team in the NFL. And when they're playing well, they can beat anyone. It's a matter of will they be healthy and will they play well? And we were more sure of their mental makeup to play well, regardless of circumstance early in the year. And we're not now. That's my take. Yeah. Zach? I was convinced that this was a Super Bowl team. Not that convinced anymore. Uh, yeah, you, you, you thought we were going that, 16 and one. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that was pretty obvious. I thought, like, no <laughs> question about it, but yeah, I just don't trust their ability to get back up after getting punched in the face anymore. Like, I honestly, God, I think if we got to New Orleans and I mean, getting ahead of myself, if they score on the first drive, we have a three and out, I'm immediately worried that every, all the players are just going to get depressed, essentially. And it's going to turn to I shit. don't feel that because they did fight back in this one. I just felt – I mean, 
uh, it's hard to put into words just how this this Raiders team six and five, but over the past month, just how hapless they've been since the whole John Gruden thing, the whole Henry Ruggs thing, which was really fucking sad. Like I said, they lost to the Giants. This team lost to the it's, Giants. It's it's like they had some kind of like weird advantage to this game. Like if you want to put this solely like on the rest, if you want to, I'm, hey, I'm not. If, I'm not. Yes, you I'm are. Not. Oh. No, I'm not. But you're, you're acting like it's not a factor. Them. You're not. At, you're acting like this. That you're acting play like, like they would have won this game without the referees. Oh, I don't can't even, make that. You think I a can't three make point, that call. bro? Get the fuck out of here. That you think that if they played this three point overtime game and didn't get almost two hundred yards of penalties, including the game winning play, the play that they literally wins the game, the game that literally wins the game is a penalty. They had hundred and ten yards. Hard, dude. Man. Who knew Goodell was paying bribes to members of the podcast? Fucking defending the shield over here. Hey, there's me. not a there's not a game we've gotten on here where you feel. Tune like in for Ben's. Tune in for Ben's. Uh, tune in for Ben's other podcast. Des didn't catch it. A fucking soliloquy but, on why NFL officiating is great. First of all, don't you dare, sir. I love. Des. I mean, hey, I'm Second just calling all, it like I see it, pal. Second of all, you have never left the game thinking the refs didn't fuck us. So I, I don't even know what I'm, I'm talking to the fans here. If you, if that's your, your final conclusion on this game, uh, like I said, Bro, it is what it I is. Have one, I'm dude, walking out I didn't, game, I didn't come out of, I didn't come out of KC or fucking Denver saying that the, the refs fucked us. The ones that I've called this year are Tampa Bay, where I said we should have won that game via kicking, but we didn't. And the OPI call at the end was ridiculous, which pretty much everyone agreed that it was. And then yes, the fact that multiple key plays in this game, including the fumble that they absolutely did, and then they just handed them the ball back during this game, and then the game-winning play, both of which were decided by referees. I think those had an impact in a three-point overtime game. Yeah, I think that's reasonable to, to think that that had an impact on this team and the result of this three-point overtime game. Yeah, if you like, I said, if you want to say the refs lost us this game, take it, take it, and run with it. I, I'm not. Uh, I have no. I have no further points. Twisting my words. Twisting. Yeah, my yeah. You are words. twisting mine. You're. You're just. You're just saying verbatim what I say. So. Uh, it is what it is, yeah. boys. It's it's an ugly loss. It's turning the pot against each other. Um, it's a terrible game in general. I don't. Uh, I don't walk away with any good feelings about it. And uh, that's that's kind of my it's kind of my final take on it. I feel Zach, you cut out for a second. Sorry. Oh, I said I feel good about Pollard. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. His that that return was fucking sick. That was kind of the highlight of the game, honestly. Yeah, he's maybe getting burned. Zeke, I don't know. The Zeke haters are talking up again i mean even pollard's final line i don't know he it's weird because he had 10 carries for 36 didn't really seem like he was all that either but the run game in general is what what gives me great concern that we could we had 20 carries for 64 total yards in this one i don't know where that run team was that was shredding dudes in september but uh in october but it's 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 been absent for quite a well, while I mean, now. And I, I I don't know if this is a I mean the fact that we had two receivers over hundred and Dak threw for almost four hundred would 
would tell me that they probably focused. I mean, if, if I'm playing the Cowboys and they don't have Amari or CD, I'm assuming most of their defense was aimed at making sure that Pollard and Elliott didn't kill you. Now, I'm not saying that they, they you should be able to shut the run down. I mean, obviously, I would like it much better if we could gash people regardless and not that it's not a concern. But, you know, like that, I would assume that was part of the factor here, certainly, yeah? Yeah, I, I don't disagree. It's just it's been a while since they've looked dominant on the ground, right? I mean, we had, what, four of those wins in a row from Chargers to Giants, like I said. I mean, we had more runs than passes, and, yeah, that's easier to do when you're ahead of the chains consistently and you're you're playing with a lead. But it's just, I don't know, it just hasn't looked right. It just hasn't looked right. Whether it's teams are focusing – all the O-line changes that were constantly tinkering or Zeke's just not 100% right or combo there of all the three. But, yeah, they just – I don't know. It's its 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 not what it was early in the season. That's for sure. Sure. Well, Jerry did say uh, on, the, on the ticket that Zeke – you know, there was some talk about him getting uh, a rest for his knee this week. Um, I think that – I don't know if that's Jerry smokescreen or that's what's actually happening, but it, it was said that Zeke is going to get a full workload this week. Um, yeah. I kind of so wonder I, where that came from. Like if they, it kind of seems like Dallas maybe wants to give him a break just to give Tony some burn, but Zeke and Zeke's agents don't. And I don't know if Jerry he does. pushed like back hard those, on when they asked yeah. him, when the press asked him about it, he pushed back really hard on it. Exactly. And I think he put it out there that like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm ready to like I'm ready to go full go. So I I think he's gonna make Dallas bench him, right? And I mean I certainly it teams on have what done he does that. Thursday night, right? Like if if Zeke goes out there and puts up a hundred, I think everything goes back to normal. If he has a game where he has fifteen carries for thirty seven yards, then yeah, I think the you know, the voices aren't gonna get softer. I think he's faking the knee injury to cover up the fact that he sucks. <laughs> oh, I like that. God. The Zeke, the, the Pollard army's out in full force. Who would have thought it takes one 30 yard game and Pollard's the man again? There he is. Yes. Uh, I actually do kind of want him to rest him. Not out of the go for Pollard, but just he has not been himself since. I do think the like, knee's bugging I, him. I'd rather we rest him. Well, he just, yeah, he isn't, he isn't kind of jumped off your screen in a minute, right? Like early in the the year, he looked lighter, you know, movement looked a little quicker. We haven't quite seen that, so I wouldn't hate it. And plus, you know, I think, I, I, I think if you give Pollard enough go, I mean, he can, he can produce. When I mean, we saw it, he had a great game against San Francisco last year. The, the one game Zeke's yeah. missed in their little two-man tandem. So, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm i just going to I don't care if it's, having honestly, I don't care if it's kinda, Pollard or Zeke. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm just looking forward to having, like, some – and I don't know, maybe it's too late in the NFL season to hope that people, like, return, like, with the full strength of the team returns. Just looking at it, I don't think we've had really the full team since New England. Like you miss Dak in Minnesota, then you're missing Tyron, and then you have the Amari CD Tyron whole O line shuffle thing begin. 
and then you have Denver. Eight, Atlanta goes really well, but that's because it's Atlanta. Like, it feels like we haven't just had the guys that we assumed were going to be the starting offense out there as a unit at all since New England. Um, and obviously well, they got Gallup really back, but talk. pretty much as soon as they got Gallup back, they lost Amari and CD. So it's just like you never really get to see the full complement of weapons. You know, I want to so, talk about that uh, O-line shift that we've been going through. We haven't really mentioned it too much on this pod. I, what are you going to say, well, yeah, we can we can start there. I also wanted to talk. We, I think we mentioned it a little last pod, but I don't know. I just kind of want to get y'all's feet. Like Amari may not play tomorrow because of cough, which Oof. he's unvaccinated. He said if, he doesn't practice, if he doesn't practice tomorrow, then he probably doesn't play. I mean, my take on it is I think it was a – I'm kind of pissed, honestly, man. I mean, it seemed very preventable. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly selfish. It's incredibly selfish. And here's the thing. I know that anyone that listens to this that is mad about us having that opinion is probably in the same crowd that was calling players selfish for smoking pot three years ago. This is a thousand times stupider. This is a thousand times stupider than that. Okay? It is a thousand times over scientifically, empirically proven that if you don't get the vaccine – you are way more at risk of this shit hurting you more. It is going to linger longer. It's going to have a hard, more hardcore impact on your respiratory system. Mm-hmm. And now every single cowboy that chose not to get vaccinated has now had COVID and it's been bad for them. Keanu Neal, Amari Cooper. And if Coop can't go tomorrow, it is 100% because he let stupid people I think there's a lot of people that want to be really PC about this and like be nice to people that are and act like these two opinions are of equal weight. And they're not like, this isn't an opinion question. This is you either have decided to get the vaccine because you listen to science or you're an idiot. And in this particular piece, I'm, I'm sorry, but if, but if you let Facebook memes and bullshit like that convince you that science is fake, you're not an that intelligent a person, at least when it comes to medical science. And Amari Cooper, unfortunately, seems to be the kind of person who, despite being a genius in football and in the technical aspects of route running and in the playing of the wide receiver position, is the kind of person that allowed someone to be like, yeah, man, I heard that uh, they put a chip in you and so you shouldn't take this or whatever their insane version of this story is this week. And so now he's going to miss another game, a game that, frankly, we need to win. So I hope that if he can't go, it's CD and Gallup are enough. But I'd feel a lot better about it if Amari was playing. And if he can't, I think it's 100% because he made an incredibly selfish decision. And I don't like it. Well, I agree. Yeah, I agree with all those points. And I think I was surprised that Amari was unvaccinated when the news came out. Like, he just doesn't yeah, – you never too, really right? know. But that was a very – like, there's certain players that it wouldn't have shocked me. You know, like I'd be like, oh, Aaron okay, Rogers. yeah, that, yeah. Well, they like, said oh, okay. only like one or that two guys. Only two guys on the active roster are not vaccinated, and I just assumed it could not. You know, that's not the guy I would have picked as one of those two. Exactly, like he would have been one of your first ones. You're like, oh, Amari, you know, because when you hear him speak, right? Like he comes across very, you know, all he's, accounts, he studies a very yeah, intelligent, a, a dude. studied, intelligent, thoughtful person. So I was 
uh, one, I was surprised about that. Two, I agree with. He's got with a lot of Florida my... in him. Clearly, he's got a lot of Florida <laughs> in him. I agree with the points my co-host made. And in, in, in three, um, you know, Cedric Wilson's got an ankle issue. He may not play on Thursday. This week at the time of this pod. So if he doesn't go, and oh, Maury that doesn't go, that Noah means Noah Brown, dude. You knew where I was going. It, that means more Noah Brown, who has had a very poor showing these last two games. I mean, we used to kind of joke about Noah Brown, and he would make like a play here or there, Andy. But God, he's been a liability the last two weeks. Dude, the drops on this guy alone, it, it drives me nuts because you don't want to like. I don't want to. Why is it not been given Fajoko his his routes yet? To be honest, dude, he might, he must be bad, frankly. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you, you know what I mean? Like, to because yeah. I mean, Noah Brown, like, he has his he has his uses, he's a good blocker, things like that. Yeah, but man, dude, the guy is just so such a liability when it comes to a drops. I mean, especially for a guy that does not play that much, he's in the top 10 in the NFL and passes dropped and he plays like 20% of snaps. Like that's crazy. It's just under 10% drop rate. Yeah. Like the NFL mm. leader in drops has seven. So, I mean, he's in the same conversation. <laughs> like they're not outrageously different. Like, well, uh, and that's, that's what Amari not being out there gives us, you know, and I don't, yeah. Uh, like I said, with the run game, C- I mean, put, honestly, I just have to hope CD balls. Target. Yeah, CD should be back by all accounts. Um, you know, I he wanted like to Gallup, go for Thanksgiving, so I feel like Gallup redeemed was... himself. He 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 kind of got shit on on that Chiefs game, and me and Andy have always been very big on Baby Dez. So it's good to see him have a. What that I thought was a pretty the sideline nice game. was nasty, dude. Yeah. That was Dak's best throw of the game, in my opinion, and a great snag by Gallup. Yeah. I feel like just having both of them active for any length of time will just make CD look better than he did in the beginning of the Chiefs game. Agreed. He was not looking great. Yeah, agreed. He was a non factor, effectively. Um, well, and we've seen just, that with other guys, Andy. You know, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, right, looked like the second coming. And I'm not saying CD's that. I'm not, I'm not trying to go there. No, but, but there's plenty of guys, guys who look better really good. There's more options, yeah. And, and Ari Cooper certainly draws eyeballs, if nothing else. So, uh, Absolutely. Yeah, well, and, and they need him. You look at it, it's the same issue I have with on the defense, which is that we've talked about this before, but wherever Micah Parsons isn't, there's issues. I mean, Micah had another – Incredible so performance. Good. He is now up to nine sacks, which is stupid for a rookie who doesn't play D end. But gashed in the run game when he's on the edge, you know, short pass game to beat to to beat the pass rush, things like that. Just having tank back this week, and then next week we get we're supposedly going to get Randy and Gallimore. I think we're going to be able to that opens up Micah's capabilities so much more because he's not the only thing you know he's he's not your only linebacker and your only d end at that point because right now he kind of is like lve like i i you know i hate to talk shit about a guy who i think injuries have played a big role in his digression but he's a liability many times especially in coverage i mean he's done yeah he's cooked well yeah they're not 
they're not paying him next year. On on the edge, like Basham is serviceable as a rotational guy. You know, uh, Armstrong can flash every now and then, but to have a guy like Tank on the end, and then once you get Randy back next week, I mean, I think you're going to see night and day difference in the capability that um, that Micah has to just get involved because he's not the only thing holding the line. Yeah, Micah is by far this team's best defender right now, and I mean, I sometimes he's the like the defender only one. on. Yeah, I mean, I think he'd be the only. Oh good, yeah, I think he'd be the best defender on a lot of teams, but yeah, given they, our lack of talent in other areas, it's much more stark. They hit such a home run with him, and it's so fascinating to me because he's they like he doesn't have a set position, you know, like where Miles Garrett, T.J. Watt, like we talked about these guys rookie year. Like he surpassed all of them, which is yeah. wild. As a as a on just the sack numbers alone and disruption I mean, alone, yeah, like he TJ Watt was bites. TJ Watt was viewed as like a the second coming, and that dude put his hand in the ground and rushed the passer every single play and had seven sacks in a season. We are eleven games <laughs> in, and Mike has beat that number, and he doesn't rush the passer every play. Like it's nuts. I'm a I'm a I'm a say it. I'm a say it again. I want by the end of the year, Kellen to design him an offense in the red zone. Like just, just put him so somewhere, rad. man. Put him at fullback. Put him at tight end. Put him, you know, slot receiver. Just do something with him, man. Motion him out there because that guy's so good, man. Like man, and he got he he got straight done dirt. And I hate to go back to a, a fight, but. <laughs> he got done dirty on some neutral zone calls that I didn't think were necessary in the game at all. Like he lines up on the edge. I get it. But uh, I, you know, I have faith that Mike is lining up in the right place. So like, yeah, it was, it was frustrating, but he is a, he's an absolute game wrecker. Solo dolo. Well, uh, Zach wanted to talk offensive line. Uh, there's been a yes. ton of offensive line moves. So Zach, why don't you, uh, I don't know if you no, want to start. I wanted off. to raise a question up to you guys because it seems like they finally listened to us and they got rid of Garner Williams from the active mm-hmm. line. Yep. And let's be honest, the Lions kind of looked like shit ever since. Well, it's been one game. So two. I, Are they doing the Chiefs game? Does, did McGovern move to yeah, guard in the Chiefs game? The or Chiefs, the, uh, he did. After the Chiefs game or before the Chiefs game? It was before. Before the Chiefs game. Okay. Okay. Um, the Chiefs game was Jones just absolutely wrecked that entire offensive line, um, yeah, including him. Beat everybody in steel. I, I, you know, I can't put that on him. The Raiders game was weird. I don't, I don't know if the, it's weird. Like the O line didn't play great, but I'm not sure who to blame. It was so this week they had Tyron Smith coming back, which we were hopeful he missed. Uh, the Chiefs game. He came back, right? He missed yep. the Chiefs game? Okay. Yep, came did. back for the Raiders. And then the big news beforehand was that they benched L. Collins and had Steel play right tackle to start that yep. game against Max Crosby, which was crazy because Max Crosby's good. I didn't – I don't know. I, I'll ask you guys. I didn't notice a whole lot of terrible O-line play in general, but they weren't sharp either, so it's – I'm not, they couldn't I'm not sure run the ball, so obviously they weren't out there dominating. Um, yeah. The analysis that I've heard from like you know people that know better than I is that they think that it really messed up Steele's mojo to like switch positions, and that like his return to LT. right tackle wasn't wasn't that great. 
Um, now that that problem really got solved for the Cowboys by Steele getting COVID, and so now it's going to be Lael at right tackle and Tyron at left. And I think we are we have probably seen at least barring more injury, we've probably seen the last of Steele in the starting lineup. I would assume we're going to see this five going forward. Uh, caveat that that left guard position is weird because Connor McGovern I think it'd obviously be has not played for them lights to go out. Back. back to right? to Connor Williams. Yeah, like I don't sure. You know, I, well, they've been kind of wishy washy with that line, but he's like not going to get it's basically. All right, you go ahead, Ben. I thought you were. Done. No, I'm just saying because it it seems to me like they've made up the call. They're not going to pay him this off season, and I, I know that that doesn't have anything to do with what's going on on the field now but at the same time like mcgovern would have to really struggle i think for them to go back to williams or do something wrong like get in mccarthy's doghouse by showing up missing practice or team meeting or something dumb you know i agree i think mcgovern i still have some faith that mcgovern will find his footing i think that having tyron next to him will help i think Last season, when we saw McGovern get significant time, it took him a couple games, like a game, I think one game, maybe two games, to like really get up to speed, and then he was very serviceable. I I hope that that will be the same thing here. Um, more than anything, I think we just need. We've talked about this in the past in past seasons. Just like you need continuity on an offensive line. Like it's not a fantasy team. You can't play all star offensive line. Like. And McCarthy's always have preached a, that, a group which is playing together, and they've really shuffled it the last couple of weeks. You haven't had the same offensive line combination play two games in a row in almost in more than a month. So, my hope is that they'll just get this group out there, they'll stay healthy, they'll play together, and things will solidify. Yeah, me too. But I don't know, Zach. What are what are you seeing? Are you wanting Connor Williams back in? No, I honestly no because <laughs> thank God. Thank I God. what I was gonna say is that if you put him back in, it's kind of saying you're gonna stay with him. You're gonna pay him next year. Yeah, like, it is. I agree. If with you're you. getting rid of him, you gotta just bite the bullet and just figure it out. Like I'd yeah. rather we be kind of bad and just for like on the old line, at least not as quality as we were in the beginning of the season for a couple of games, just so we could try to figure this out get everyone comfortable with their new positions, then I would just throw Connor Williams back in there and have to do it all over again next season or, God forbid, give him a new uh, contract and just stay with him. You know, they I agree they with you. To... Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I said they did something weird in this game where they, like, took out McGovern and Steele and put in Williams and Lael for a drive. Do you yeah, guys saw remember that. that? Like, I think I it was a three and out, so it didn't matter. But that was they. It's it. almost like how they so they switch out Zeke and Pollard. Like they're just like, <laughs> fuck it, we'll just rotate some O linemen in there. Why not? Which is very weird. I, I I didn't like that. Whoever you start, I think you start. Don't don't swap them in and out on drives. You know that's. I I agree. I think you need continuity, and I think, I mean, as much as it feels like the sky is falling right now, like this team does have the closest thing you can have at seven and four to a stranglehold on this division. I think that they can win this division with three more wins. Um, 
we need to focus on, obviously you try to win every week. I'm not saying take your focus off of that, but part of this exercise needs to be finding the team that's going to win in the playoffs. And I think that that team is, you get it in place as soon as possible and you let it play together as long as possible. I think that once you're in week 11, it, you know, you've kind of missed the boat on like, Hey, you know, it'd be great. Like if, if Connor Williams is like, if we're going to rotate Connor Williams and McGovern, like frankly, we probably should have been trying McGovern out at left guard in training camp and shit. Like that should have been, they're trying to do that whole shit at center and they never center. And I, and I, I do think, I think Tyler Biotis has improved at center. His snaps have been better. We haven't had any errant snaps in quite some time. We don't call his name as much, right? So he got a, he got a false start and a hold this game, but again, the hold was very questionable. I'm not going to like trounce him for that. The false start was bad. Shitty. He didn't snap the ball. He did not snap the Dude, ball. Dude, there was a really bad that. play, by the way, where Tyron blocked McGovern. Do you guys see that? Yeah, that highlight. He turned into. I saw after you mentioned it to me, I went and found it, and I was like, "What is this?" Like that got killed. Like <laughs> it looked like a glitch in a video game. Like we talked about a steal just didn't move from left tackle against the Chiefs on one play. That's sort of what Tyron did. I think they must have had line assignments wrong because he turned in where maybe they're expecting a stunt or something, but that was really weird. It was. So yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm hoping that we just see a much more like mentally sharp team this week. I want to see them in a form that I feel like is more solid as far as like, this is the team we're going to see going forward. And I mean, more than anything, you'd like to see, you know, the offense specifically feel like the offense we saw before the bye, where they appear to be finding their rhythm again. Um, obviously taking key pieces in and out of a team is going to have a huge effect. Um but we need to see them find their footing again because they haven't. They still are. They still feel off balance. And the later we get into the year, you know, the whole thing is you want to click at the right time. And right now, obviously, they're this is as bad as it's been. So I'm hoping that this is the point of the turnaround. Yeah, I don't have a. I have a couple good things, some silver lining moments, boys, um, or or optimistic ways to look at this. Um, in the month of December, the Cardinals, one of our main opponents for, for the number one seed, went two and two. The Green Bay Packers went two and two. Tampa Bay went two and two. The Rams went one and four, including they've lost three straight now. They look really bad. They're probably having whoever has podcast in LA over there, they're probably pissed off. Um, yeah. and Cowboys went one and three. So you didn't lose a whole lot of ground. It still feels like the one seed's probably out of reach given. But if you win six off, I don't know. You got a chance. You know, as you said, I mean, seeding, you know, just getting yourself right is more important at this point. But no one's really dominating or running away with this. You know, Green Bay is probably the most impressive to me because they sands the loss to the Vikings. Uh, they, I don't know, man, they, they have a lot of missing pieces and they just kind of continue to figure out how to win. I hate Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Definitely. That's probably yeah, the, the that's, scariest that's, team that's to That's probably me. your biggest that's your biggest roadblock between. And I mean, you know, I know we're done with the like special season narrative, but like as far as like 
a storybook narrative of a season, like, of course the Cowboys have to go to the Packers, dude. After what they've been through over the last decade with the Packers, of course they have to go through the Packers to win if they want to go far. You know what I mean? Like, that's a showdown that has to happen. Like, Dak and yeah. Zeke have to get that monkey off their back. The Cowboys organization has to get that monkey off their back. Mike McCarthy has to get that monkey off his back. All roads lead to a showdown with the Green Bay Packers, probably in Lambeau. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, what do you guys want to do? Star Love Goat, then do Saints game, or, or where are we at with it? Let's wrap this game up. Yeah. Let's do Star Love Goat. Okay. We'll put this one behind us. Star Love Goat, our favorite segment for the new time listeners. One, we love you. Two, this is our basically our players of the game. Me being the walk star, I give the star of the game. Mr. Love over there, his love of the game. And Mr. Anthony Goat Gatelli gives his goat of the game. We had a, a week 11 hit where everyone chose Parsons against the Saints. If you pod and went straight to this one. So it was the second time the star love goat hit. Will it will will it happen again? I don't know, boys. Who who wants who wants first dibs on this one? It's the star love goat. So start with the star. Ugh. This one was hard. Um, as many points as we scored, I just never really felt good about anybody. Parsons was great. I could easily give it to him. I really want to. He's the honorable mention for me this week. Um. Jeez, I think, and I, I don't feel good about this, but I think I'm still gonna give it to Dak, even though I ragged on him. Um, Fair. he did, he did turn it. It's you know, it's glass half empty, half full. He did lead us down for game time. They had a chance. They had the last drive of the fourth quarter if they could have scored a touchdown, but they did get a field goal at least to force OT. He did go three and out in overtime. Kind of a bad throw to Noah Brown on third down. Noah Brown fucked it up anyways, but I don't know. It it just doesn't feel like I anyone else really popped for me, and his numbers may have been a little more inflated than how I felt, but he did give us a chance to win this game despite all the chaos and all the penalties uh, Andy was 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 just talking about earlier. So he's he's my star. Nice, Zach. Who you got? Well, this is a little unfair, but I did not really like almost anyone. And so it comes down to who did I think had the most impact, who had the biggest chance to win us this game. Mm -hmm. It's a little unfair because I'm not going to pick Dak because while Dak had a great chance, he was hampered a lot by drops and things that were outside of his control. I'm giving it to Parsons. Uh, He almost won us the game multiple times. Yeah, yeah he, he should have on that last play, man. He played his ass off. Despite my jokes, Pollard had one great play. He's my honorable mention. Otherwise, he didn't really manage anything more than maybe half a yard more than Zeke. Fair. I mean, per attempt, but so. Yeah, I, I love all these picks. Uh, I I I do think, you know, Dak has a – he has a taste for late-game heroics. I well, uh he hasn't quite reached like that Aaron Rodgers thing or the Tom Brady thing where like you left him too much time. Like if you're within a score or 10 points and there's a couple, you have enough time for a drive or two left. Like 
I do always have a glimmer of hope with Dak in the game um, because he, he does get it done, dude. He is incredibly clutch. So he's a great honorable mention. Micah Parsons just continues to grow as a player. He's incredible. Um, my goat this week is a strange one. I'm going with Sean McKeon. Uh, oh, caught his first NFL touchdown. Uh, exclusively because Blake Jarwin is out. Um, I don't know if Sean McKeon will ever catch another NFL touchdown, but he caught a, you know, a contested. It was not a wide open catch. He he gathered the ball and he he got in and he's put points on the board to make this game. It should have been seven to seven. It made it six to seven because <laughs> of Greg. Um, but I know that was probably a huge moment for him to score his first touchdown as a Dallas Cowboy on Thanksgiving. That's that's awesome. So the goat of the game is Sean McKeon for his one catch for 10 yards and a touchdown. Look at that. And we like you red know, zone the... scores. We like we like red zone scores around here. Yeah. That's that's very true. We we love red zone scores as opposed to missed Greg field goals. So well, boys, that's the Star Love Goat. We did not have a consensus. We actually, for just the third time, sorry, second time this season, all had different Star Love Goats. So there you go. Indeed. Indeed. Everyone a it different was, player. It was it was different all around. And you know what else is different, Ben? The game Tell room me. experience at my bookie. It's not every day that you get to double your money, but with my bookie, you double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. With my bookie's double deposit bonus, when you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code BOYS100, you'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. So, dude, you don't even have to be a degenerate sports gambler. Go play internet slots. I mean, that's probably a gas. Uh, the Patriots are taking on the Bills on Monday Night Football uh, as they continue their quest to reclaim the AFC East title. Buffalo has looked like a legit Super Bowl contender. However, look for them to cover the spread. Set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code BOYS100 at MyBookie. That's promo code BOYS100 to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything. Anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Booyah. Thank you very much to our friends at my bookie for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. We appreciate it, guys. Mm. And so, with that being said, we look forward now putting the last two weeks behind us we look forward to this thursday the day after tomorrow 48 hours from right now we'll be in the thick of it uh the cowboys travel to the big easy mm. born in new orleans raised in new orleans i will re forever remain thankful new orleans it's a Lil wayne quote i was neither born nor raised in new orleans um but we do play the saints they are five and six they're two and three at home they are starting uh, one Taysom Hill at quarterback, making this an incredibly embarrassing game to lose. Ben, what are your initial thoughts? Sorry, boys. I have some uh, delay over here on my end. If, if they hear that, uh, 
I try to pull up my bookie and my whole internet almost shit itself. So, <laughs> um, I th- golly, the Saints aren't very good either. This is a team you probably should beat. They're they're not they've bad. They've lost four in a row. They've lost four in a row. They beat the Bucks, and then they lost four in a row to the Falcons, yeah. Titans, Eagles, and Bills. And they're coming off of a thirty-one to six trouncing by Buffalo. That looked really bad. Trevor Simeon, you know, was their quarterback. Really, ever since they lost Winston, they've been awful. Supposedly, they're going to start Taysom Hill. Uh, Taysom Hill's like comp Andy. He's the weirdest. I don't know how this guy makes like $40 million a year to be a kind of bad at everything, kind of okay at everything, gadget That's weapon. That's the thing is it's like he, he's he's paid as this like super versatile gadget player, but it seems more to me like he's not good enough at any one thing to have a position rather than he's so good at everything he doesn't have a position. Like he's not a good enough pass catcher to be a true receiver. He's not a good enough passer to be your every down quarterback. He's not a good enough runner to be your running back. So they do have these packages where they kind of like use him as a wildcat QB trick play gadget guy. Having him line up and throw. I mean, I, I have heard they're getting Kamara back. So I assume we're going to get a heavy dose of that. Um, makes me very thankful that we're having, we're going to have tank back. Tank is one of the better DNs in the NFL against the run Parsons and tank together. Make me feel a lot better about Kamara who, I mean, you and I have talked about this, Ben. Kamara's never been a big cowboy killer, has not performed incredibly well against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Um, this will be an interesting one. Obviously, road environment in New Orleans. We've had some great games there over the last couple of years. Um, Dallas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. I, yeah, I do too. My parents went to this one. We played them here. I guess it was like 2018, that big Thursday night game where we played them where Jordan Lewis caught the game-winning interception. That was in Dallas. Oh, that was a great game. That was, was on my birthday. Game. I remember that one. Um, that's when the Saints were really good. Yeah, we have these some iconic games against them. That one really rings out as, as, as the most recent. Uh, you know, Sean Payton was a former Parcells guy who was here, right? It's always kind of been the ties. Went to New Orleans, tried to bring Romo, couldn't get Romo, got – Drew Brees worked out pretty damn good for him. Um, Probably would be the Cowboys head coach if they had not chosen Jason Garrett. Yeah, I know. We could have. We could have had that man. What? What can you do? So, anyways, they have Taysom Hill. He's like I said, his comp is kind of like Tim Tebow. Honestly, like he's just yeah, uh, you know, like so. The last time more athletic. The last time we played them was in 2019. We lost 12 to 10, which was really ugly. Oh, we beat them 13 to 10 the time before that. We had an overtime loss the time before that. The 2014, we kicked their ass 38 to 17. That game that ruled. was awesome. That game ruled. 2013, they kicked our ass 49. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun. We kind of play them every year. Um, it feels that way at least. This version of the Saints. Without Drew Brees, uh, with no Michael Thomas, Kamara is coming back. I'm not too afraid of him. Their defense is nice. I mean, Mark Lattimore and Cameron Jordan are both really, really good. They've, I mean, they beat the Saints. They can shut you down pretty good if they're having an on day. So this offensive line and receivers are going to have to be ready. Marshawn Moore is an 
extremely physical receiver, which our guys have struggled with. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, they also have a yep. really good safety, although I'm blanking on the name, Goat. Um, Marcus Williams, is that him? Yes, so, I think they're so. They're a good team, or good defense. Good defense. My overall feel of it, though, is I just don't think Taysom and company are going to be able to put up a lot of points against us. Andy's highlighted just how bad that they were in the month of November. I think I think we get this one. I I I think we win by a touchdown. I'm gonna say we're four and a half point 17. favorites on the road. So like at a and at home, this would probably be a seven and a half point game, just like last week. Um, I'm at a point where I'm just like. I'm not going to assume we beat any team. I hope the team is in that position too, where they're like, our job is to go out and play to the level that we know we're capable of. It's not about beating anyone by 50. It's about winning every game we can. Um, They are a better team than they are a better team. They were a better team than the Raiders. They're a better team than the saints. They need to go show the world that they can get back on the horse. Yeah, there's no excuse for us to lose this game. None at all. If we lose I it, I, I, I'm going to say, fuck it. Like, I'll be upset if we make the playoffs. Just be shit. <laughs> oh, come and on. get a fucking draft. Tank. Bench everyone. Tank. Fire everyone. Fire Dak. Tank. <laughs> I'll tell you what, dude. It would not matter if they started tanking right now. They're not going to out-tank Detroit. Like, it's too late. They shouldn't have won six in a row. I wasn't. I didn't catch all of it. Was it Detroit who their coach came out and said their new role was to be a spoiler? Yeah. That's how embarrassing. Bro, Detroit's such a sad place. And, like, golf is their – oh, the whole thing. It's so bad. It's so bad. No, no, this would kill my hype forever if we lost this game. Yeah, this is going to be this would be – this would be rough. Um, but you know what? We got guys coming back. We got – this is a uh, this is most of the team that I've wanted I've waited to see. I mean, if they're missing Amari and Randy, that those hurt, but they should have most of the team that should win you that we thought was capable of winning a Super Bowl. I still think they're capable of winning a Super Bowl. Um, let's go see it, dude. Go go put on a show. Like pressure's off now. No one's talking about winning streaks. No one's talking about one seeds. Now it's time to just go win the games. So you're firmly not being talked about in like number one in power rankings. You're in none of that. You're at the back half of the top 10. Do your job. You know what you're capable of. This team knows what it's capable of. I do think they win this game. Um, I'm going to say 27-21. I like it. I think we do see a better running day. Um from either Pollard or Zeke, it might be a com- combination of the two, but um, I think they'll get more done on the ground this time. I think Kellen is going to put make a point of emphasis on that. I would be, I would love to see them have a good running day. I think they just play so much more free when they get ahead of the chains, as all offenses do. I mean, Buffalo certainly struggles because they can't run the ball. Kansas City certainly struggles when they don't run the ball at all. Right, like as good as those quarterbacks are, and they're, I think Dak is a very good quarterback too. It's just easier operating from third and four, third and three, than third and nine. You know, yeah, hard to make a living that way. So, let's get it done, boys. Um, go Cowboys, go.
Cowboys. No, we haven't even mentioned that McCarthy has uh, COVID. Oh, we yeah, haven't. Jeez, McCarthy is among eight, play, eight, eight personnel on the Cowboys that has uh, COVID-19. Uh, most of the other ones are assistant coaches. Dan Quinn is stepping in to handle head coach duties while McCarthy's out. Um, we know from preseason when Quinn had COVID that uh, the assistant D coordinator, um, with, he can handle calling the defense. That shouldn't be outside of his realm of capability. Um, so we'll get to see what Dan Quinn can do running the, running the show, at least temporarily. Um, I will say he – uh, you know, he was the Falcons' old head coach. He did coach twice a year against Sean Payton and the Saints. I like to think he has a very good understanding of what New Orleans likes to do, and that being Agreed. the head coach, he'll feel comfortable. You know, he's been up in the up in the booth, so he'll be on the sideline. So that'll be a little interesting. But uh, I don't know. I, I I I'm not I'm not saying there's no impact, but it'll be interesting to see what the impact is. You know, maybe I'm crazy, but I was kind of really hoping they were going to give it to Bones. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like we'd God, be so goddamn be reckless. That would yeah, be that's great. true. They would just be doing wild shit. They do that, like they, like that high school coach that like never punts. He goes for it on every fourth. They always onside kick. Hell yeah! I will tell you that uh, Dude, our ca- maybe- our Cowboys is stoked about Dan Quinn being head coach because quote, if anything. I hope this convinces Dan Quinn to get his ass on the sideline instead of sitting up in the booth like a fucking vulture watching our piece of shit defense get cruised over. <laughs> Stop being lazy, yes. DQ. So, He's just on that. Yes. Yeah. Dude, I haven't. He doesn't even I'll, watch the game. I've been waiting. I've been waiting on that that take. The Man, he, he really needs to be on the sideline. I've been waiting on that guy this whole season to pop up. So uh, we finally made it. knew it, it was coming. I just took. All November, and then as soon as he's on the sideline, like, dude, the defense looked way better when DQ was in the booth. (laughs) Oh yeah, oh yeah. So let me ask you guys this: How many wins in a row does it take for the? So if the Cowboys, if the Cowboys win the next four in a row, if they if they kill New Orleans and they go kill Washington, New York, Washington, and they're eleven and four, is everyone back on the train? Oh fuck yeah. yeah. Kind of. I know. No, because here's the thing. I want to say right now. Right now, I'm going to say no. I would. I would be able to say that those. I would understand that those teams aren't that good, and I'd get it. But I also know in my heart that after watching four dominant wins in a row, I'd be like, "Fuck it, dude. We could do. Oh, if we just do that to everybody, we're good, bro. We're fucking. We're locked in." I hope so, dude. If we, if we win every game in December, then yeah, we're. But it's full hype train. Even though all these teams suck, like your only loss, the only game you're not going to be a favorite in is probably or will be Arizona. You should yeah, handle January second. Hey, if they go um, beat, if they go beat Arizona, like if Arizona has Kyler back and they beat Arizona, dude, then the, then the hype is there. I mean, I am so seeing I some places stuff. already saying the Washington is favored over us in our first game. Oh yeah, God, I'll see about that, that line. bro. Dude, I will slam the money line if if they if they make Heineke and Washington a hire. I will I will literally take out a mortgage to to, to throw fucking all my money at that money line. Yeah, I mean, don't get me we're wrong, not losing like, this division. For... Yeah, Was- Washington is there. I get it. They beat a hapless Bucks team and they squeaked by the Seahawks, who are garbage. The Seahawks are cooked now. <laughs> 
But before that, they got beat by a shitload of teams, including they got whomped by the same Saints team. So we'll find out. If we beat this team on Thursday night, I'm not worried about them. I'm really not. Taylor Heineke is not taking you into the playoffs. I guarantee it. And the Eagles finally had a chance to, like, make a statement. They've been the hottest team oh, in the NFL. Bro. They, and they, they ran. It. Did you guys Dang. see that thing I sent you that they were like? Oh, yeah. Before their yeah. game on national television, they ran this whole, like, fake ad where they were like, uh, warning, the Eagles are now – if you if you were a person that counted the Eagles out, call this hotline for support because oh, we're back in it, boys. And then, oh man, Hertz Hertz is like the inverse Dak. Like he he rises to the biggest moment with like five interceptions. He he feels the spotlight and just melts into a puddle of goo. He is the, the worst. real Kirk Cousins. There was Truly. a email attached to that ad that whoever did it apparently didn't even bother to register that website. So some guy did it. <laughs> and unfortunately, now it's like a Trump ad or something. But God damn it, God. I was hoping that was going somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was going to be really funny for a second. But hey, uh, still hilarious. I watched that whole game. And man, the Eagles are so bad. We yes, bet on the Hurt Eagles. I should have known. So I should have known. I, know I just did. figured. I felt bad for well, the, the Giants are so I just watched the Giants look so bad the week before. And the Eagles were playing good. And even though it was in Meadowlife, the Eagles have won like seven of eight against the Giants. So I was like, this is free money. And then Hertz threw like four interceptions or something. It was fucking gross. Hertz was so Hertz bad. with yet another, yet another sub 50% completion percentage game. His like he has like 20 career games and like 10 of them are below 50% completion percentage, dude. Like he's so fucking terrible. Well, 14 of 31 for 129 and three picks. Uh, to be fair to to the Eagles, it's hard to overcome a dominant game by Saquon Barkley. I think he had like 45 <laughs> rushing yards in that one. I mean, damn, damn. I didn't even re- I didn't even realize was this the return of Saquon? Let me look oh, he's at this back box score. Before, right? Damn, what? 13 for 40, dude. Yeah, he was out on a mission. Fucking beast. Dude, and he had four catches for 13 yards. Is this the best <laughs> Saquon Barkley game in a year? Dude, the Eagles were shook after after that. I mean, that's a stat well, line you, to get dropped on. What do you do when a what do you do when a guy with thighs like that just busts a three and a half yard <laughs> run against you just to start the game right in your eye, dude? You're just like fuck. If he does that, if he does that four times, it's a first down. <laughs> Shit. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. My, I my hate my my hate for Saquon Barkley will continue until the end of his career, and I will attend his so that's the end of this ceremony year. and be like, "You're a bum." <laughs> well, this is mean because by all accounts, he's like a good guy and shit. He just got drafted to the wrong team. Like Saquon Barkley played for the Browns, I truly wouldn't care. Like I would just be like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah he's not as good as Zeke, but whatever." It's that he's yeah, the, he was both the hype was unreal. And a Do you remember? You remember his what? Well, you were always kind of anti Saquon. What really started to me where I knew the hype was too much was they did like a top twenty five under twenty five at each position the year he got drafted, and they chose two running backs. And the two running backs they chose were were Todd Gurley makes sense yep. and Saquon Barkley who had never yeah. rushed it down in the league when they could have taken Zeke Kamara there is a whole Zeke, list Zeke of guys had, that could have taken Zeke had two rushing Henry. and and would have had three in his first three years without the suspension and they were like eh 
And then meanwhile, so Oh. Hey. Well now all of a sudden I got my video. Yeah. He's gone. Oh shit. Um well hopefully I assume he's gonna rejoin. It. Yeah. I assume so too. Well, if anyone's listening to wow, us, my video is. I don't even have your. Oh, now I have your video, Zach. Oh, my well, video just disappeared again. Well, sorry about that, a, guys. What they call in the business I'll, technical uh, difficulties to our to our fans. My uh, my my Google Chrome decided to update itself by restarting right in the middle of our <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> apologies, but yeah. The whole Saquon Barkley is the next Barry Sanders thing started early. He had like one good year and then yep. totally fell off the planet. Oh, it annoyed me to no end. I uh and like we won't get we've been into this so many times, but like I watched this dude, I'll never forget this. On a Saturday, like I'd seen all this hype about him. I was like, I never watched Penn State. I'm gonna watch a Penn State game. They were playing Rutgers. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch Saquon Barkley play against this really bad team because I'm sure he'll have like a bunch of highlight runs, you know, like uh, I, I was assuming it was going to be like the Reggie Bush game. Do you remember the Reggie Bush game where he played against Fresno, Fresno State? State and, yeah. yeah. So I was like, that's what this is going to be. It's going to be the it's going to be the Saquon Barkley version of uh, of that Reggie Bush Fresno like State. Like Kevon Austin against uh, UT where he single handedly beat him. Yeah. So I turned this game on. Saquon Barkley proceeds to have 14 carries for 35 yards and two fumbles in this game against the number 130 ranked college defense. And I was like, okay, this guy's not that good. Like, cause go look at Zeke's game logs, dog. Zeke didn't have games like that in college. Zeke shit on every single team he ever played and then played the, maybe one of the greatest college defenses in history in the playoff against Alabama Gashed him. and put like 200 on him. And then played in the Natty against Oregon and put 240 and three touchdowns on them and won them a national title and then went to the league. So Zeke was always better than every time anyone's like, oh, Saquon's better than Zeke. I'm like, well, he might be, but we have not seen it yet. He's never been better than Zeke at any level of football ever. So it's hush. like the old Wentz and Dak thing. Yeah. Where I was like, hey, Wentz might be better than Dak, but he's never actually had He hasn't done it. Yeah. He just <laughs> has not done it yet. Seems a lot better this year than he was last year. I'll give but it dude, yeah, I, I'm kind I of rooting knew, for him now. I knew in my heart that after they talked about how how protective he had been with the football, I was like, dude, he's gonna have a stinker. And actually, to be fair, he actually played pretty good against the Bucks, but he did have three turnovers. So yeah, bum. He's Although, an eternal bum. I mean, having having a uh, Jonathan was his name. Jonathan Taylor's real good. Jonathan real Taylor good. helps a lot. Would would make a lot of quarterbacks look good this year for sure. And not for nothing, Michael Pittman's pretty decent. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Oh, all right, guys. Well, anything else uh, on the Saints game? On any other topics, Cowboys? Before we take a look at some gambling. I'm glad they didn't give the HC job to Kellamore for this game. Yeah, I, I looking at it like, I like it because once I remembered that Dan Quinn had had COVID in the preseason, and so his assistant has already called the defense. 
Kellen needs to just focus on the offense. Like he doesn't need to be handed any more responsibility. We don't need to pull anyone away from their normal duties that can't handle that. And I know Dan Quinn can handle calling a defense and head coach duties. He's done it before. So, and Dan Quinn's the only guy on the roster in the staff that doesn't have COVID that has head coach experience. So I think that makes sense. I like it. Man, DQ's the fucking man, bro. DQ is tight. Did you, uh, I don't know if you guys watched it because it was sad, but did you watch Sounds from the Sidelines this week? No. I did not. Definitively stayed away from it. Before the game, uh, Micah and Trayvon Diggs are having an argument over because Tr- Micah was trying to convince Trayvon Diggs that sacks were cooler than interceptions. And so they go up and they ask DQ, and DQ is just basically like, look, guys, like, go get a bunch of both of them, and we'll talk about it after the game. And Micah's like, oh, he'd be a nice dude. Sack's way tighter than interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> That's sick. It was tight. Micah's so great. I love him. So, all right. With that said, we will get into brought to you by our good friends at MyBookie, everyone's favorite way to throw your paycheck in a hole and light it on fire. Bets will be bets. Ben, how did you do this week? We did okay. We we had a lot going on Thanksgiving. We we put the under and Cowboys money line. Both of those missed, so it didn't matter. But it was 0 for 2 on the parlay leg there. Uh, but the teaser, we did a big teaser on on the Bears, the under, the Bills, and the over. We got three of the four. We didn't get the over because the bitch-ass Saints only scored six points. Couldn't even get a – they got ten. We would have won that cover. But that's fine. Bastards. Uh, but then Sunday, we had a good Sunday. Uh, we did bet on if Philly, which didn't win. We did fade the Jets, which also somehow Houston blew a 14-3 lead to Zach Wilson. That was ugly. Should have known. Uh, so we lost those two, but we did have a couple nice little teasers. We uh, we hit uh, Jacksonville, Green Bay, and ooh, I forget our other third leg of that one. But uh, that one hit, which was really nice. And so, and then we had one other. We went with uh, some Broncos goat, and they kicked ass. So that was nice. So nice. all in all, a uh, a pretty decent week. You know, I have a I have a new strategy, a new teaser strategy that I ripped off the internet. Um, apparently, like some that. famous famous poker player and uh, gambler, which is dude, my like dream to be known as like a famous gambler. Uh, <laughs> talked about his his teaser strategy was basically tease. Most most games in the NFL right are decided by one score. So what he likes to do is he teases the underdog when they're one and a half to two and a half points because you cross that touchdown threshold with the six points. Or he and he teases favorites that are between uh I think seven and a half and eight and a half to cross it nice. the other way. So with that said, that makes sense. you know, I actually really like that. Um the only one that really qualifies that I love, love, love is the Cardinals seven and a half against the Bears. We'll see if any of those lines move, Andy. If they do, yeah, it's already at it's already at eight on Bavada. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's seven and a half on our uh, good friends at my bookie. Um, the Colts is another one I'm looking at. That line could move a bit. I also think the Eagles might li- move against the Jets. Um, we might just fade the Jets anyway because we always do. I do Even love the Jets. Have, the Jets have surprisingly been somewhat competent, but 
Yeah, um, looking at this one though, Andy, there's a couple of really big lopsided favorites. We may put them all in a in a pie, um, and just to ship that. You know, Kansas City's a ten point favorite. Yeah, like, so like you know, Kansas the City, Rams, the Rams, yeah, the and Colts. the Bucks, yeah, yeah, and the and the Bucks eleven point. Like I just one, throw all one new rule. I, one one new rule I do have this week is given our recent run of mediocre luck with betting we are not betting on the dallas cowboys anymore dude i know i think we're harming their i think we're harming them in the universe by putting money on them that could be why they've been losing games i know we're we're off of dallas now we're they had a nice run to begin the year we're we're officially off if dallas if dallas wins this game because we don't bet on them we just can't bet on them anymore until the super bowl then we gotta put money on them obviously obviously so the other one you know I don't know, man. There's I like San Fran. I like San Fran minus three against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are fucking garbage. I like that too. It is on the road, but Seattle's been so bad. I just know at some point, and Niners have been really good. They were they they beat a mini. They were a yep. dog last week for some reason. I think the Niners have won four in a row. They're finally starting to look like the team I thought they were going to be to begin the year. So I do yep. like that. The other one I'm I'm pretty interested in, Andy, the Bengals coming off an ass kicking of Pittsburgh is three points against the Chargers. The Chargers have been kind of ass. They just got they're kind of meat. Yeah, they're not very good. I like that too. I like the Bengals. So they're a field goal favorite at home. We might touch that one if that line moves though to like one and a half two. We'll try that teaser because I could I could tease uh, the Chargers. Yeah. I feel like they might be due. So anyway, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, I like it. One of our good friends supposed to help me make a bets will be bets account so we can someone's actually going to start like tracking Ooh. our actual wins and losses, which is going to be really ugly. Oh. Or maybe it'll be really nice. We had a really hey, you good know 2020. So at least we're honest with it. Like half these dudes that are out here playing handicapper and sharp on the internet that are like, I win 80% of my games, buy my picks for 10 bucks a month or whatever. Like dude, all those guys are full of shit and they'll never publish all their bets. So at least we're just showing you the numbers and you can decide if you want to ride along with our mediocre ass. That said, ride with us. I'll put a Bitcoin address in the tweet and feel free to send tips. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. If we win you money, <laughs> just break us off, bro. Let us wet our beak a little bit. So uh, but that's all up. I got. I, do you have any lines you like? You like the Niners? No, those, we kind of covered. Yeah, we kind of covered all the ones I like. We are, And then again, yeah, we're staying away from the Cowboys. But we will be uh, – this will be – you're probably listening to this on Wednesday uh, or Thursday. Um, it will come out on a Wednesday. Uh, but Dallas will play New Orleans on Thursday night at 7:20 p.m. in New Orleans, uh, the first game of December. We're into we're out of no win November and into the big clutch December, baby. So here it comes. Um, anything else before we get out of here, guys? No, sorry, sorry, it was a long one, listeners. We had a we had a lot to to ramble on about, but this yeah, this me well, history. me and Ben had to fight. So well, I was it, gonna say, I think you guys should uh, settle that. I, oh, I have a I, I have a handgun, so I'm just gonna drive to Ben's house <laughs> after this and kill him. So it's, it's far from the first yelling match we've had about the Cowboys, so or the refs. Fair, fair. Hopefully, hey, you know what? I hope they got all those bad flags out of their system, or, or we don't see that crew again. I'll take it. Just lose if you're gonna lose, lose to AFC teams like that in the middle of the year and not down the stretch. So, uh, but as always, folks. Thank you so much for listening. 
Uh, if you'd like what you heard, feel free to leave a like, a subscribe, a little comment, a rating on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're so appreciative of everyone that takes the time to listen to the podcast, Cowboys fan or not. If you're not a Cowboys fan, I'm sure you've enjoyed listening to us pull our hair out over the last couple of weeks. Um, if you do want to interact with the podcast, shoot us a message, leave a comment, hit us up on any of our social medias or hit us up at our email address, boyswillpod at gmail.com. As always, my name is Andy Gatelli. Benjamin Walker. Zachary Love. This has been Boys Will Be Boys. Take it easy. Mm-hmm.